0: Still struggling with the uh, mask and the microphone, but we'll make it. This morning, we're going to continue on with our series, The Jesus Storybook Bible, and looking at the Lord's Prayer. You know, as I think about it, it seems like we always have an ability to make things complex, We can see that throughout our daily life. And I've heard this phrase perhaps more than once in my life that equates the older times of previous generations with a time of simplicity. You remember when everything used to be less complex and more simple? I think about all the things that we try to make perhaps complex. I don't know how familiar you are with the book, The Principa Mathematica. It was a book written about math theory. And this is from a page about 379 pages into this two-volume work about math and the principles of math. And I don't know if you can re- I have no idea what any of that means up there, but I can read this other part that says, from this proposition it will follow when arithmetical arith- 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 addition has been defined, that one plus one equals two. We can make things more complex perhaps. One plus one is two. I think I was taught that in kindergarten or I was maybe taught that even before kindergarten, when I was at home and my brother you know, took an apple from me and he had two apples and I had none. We can make things more complicated than they probably are. Coffee, I think coffee's an example of that. I see some people laughing. Mike, do you go to Starbucks and ask for a guande quad shot iced sugar-free mocha? No. No. Mara, tall, half-calf, soy latte, 120 degrees? No. You know, coffee. Don't you remember when it used to be simple? Maybe you're just thinking about that stovetop percolator. All you need, coffee, heat the water up, let it sit. Or maybe or maybe this is the way you prepare your coffee. It's a drip coffee maker. All you have to do is grind the coffee, or maybe you buy ground coffee. Put the filter in there, put coffee in there, put the water in and hit start. But then they started coming up with other things. This is actually a picture of like the coffee maker I have at my house. Actually, I have more than one coffee maker at my house. That's a different story. I invite my mother-in-law and father-in-law or my parents into my house, and they're like, how do I make coffee? All right, well, what you got to do is you got to decide if you want a one-shot portafilter or a two-shot portafilter. What you do is then you stick it in there, and it'll grind the coffee, and then you got to tamp it. But don't tamp it too hard. You got to tamp it about the right amount. Then you got to stick it in this thing, turn it to the left, and then you put your cup underneath, and you hit the button. And then you'll have a shot of espresso. Well, then you got to decide what do you want. Do you want a milk-based coffee drink, or do you just want an Americano? If you want Americano, you put the cup underneath there, you turn the thing, and water comes down. If you want a milk-based drink, you got to pour the milk in first, and then you got to Turn the thing the other way, that way you get steam and you can heat up your milk. Coffee. Remember when it used to be simple? Some people still like to, to complicate the things with other simple methods. Maybe you want to make yourself a pour-over. Maybe you want to use a French press. Or maybe you've got to combine the two and have an arrow press. Do you remember when things used to be a little more simple? All you need is coffee and water that's hot, and maybe a filter. But I think the thing is, much like we could complicate math by looking into the theory of math and trying to figure out what all of that meant in the Principa Mathematica, what all that led up to page 379 where it says, if you figure this all out, it means 1 plus 1 equals 2. Or you can decide and complicate and figure out all the different ways that, that you can make coffee. We do the same thing sometimes with prayer. We make it more complex, maybe a formula or something, when it doesn't need to be. So let's see the words Jesus used in Matthew chapter 6. If you've got your Bible, turn there. Otherwise, if you're using a tablet or a phone, grab your Bible app and, and head over to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 5. And here's what Jesus says after his disciples want to learn how to pray. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Perhaps this is a relatively familiar prayer to you. I recall as a kid I needed to remember and memorize this prayer as a part of our Sunday school or Wednesday night Bible class or something like that. You could make ten sermons out of this one passage. You You could make a sermon for each phrase, Our Father, Our Father in Heaven, you could make a sermon, hallowed be your name. You could make a sermon out of all of the things that are in there, and even the things before, talking about uh, the people who would stand out in front of the open and, and pray. Or maybe you would, you would focus a sermon on going into the closet or a room to pray. Maybe you would focus on the, the section of many words, or maybe you would focus on the last section talking about having to forgive others, or perhaps God would not forgive you. So many different sermons could come from this. And I think it's because it's such a familiar passage to us. It's something perhaps that we, we've known for a long while we've recited it perhaps at, at gatherings with other people or recited it in church if you've ever been here before when we've done that it's a passage that's so familiar like psalm 23 about the good shepherd perhaps each of you have at least heard one sermon on this how many have heard one sermon Good, because I did preach on this about two years ago, okay? So just testing your memory. But you've probably heard more than one sermon on this passage. And I think what happens is we, we begin to complicate it because it seems so basic and the words seem so simple. If you, you take a moment to go to the Library of Congress website and look at their online card catalog, People who are younger that don't know what a coward catalog means, um, it's this thing that you used to go to the library, and there was these drawers you pulled out, Alex, okay? And then there's things, and you would look in it, okay? But this is adults, uh, people older, you know, 20. This is online, so it's on the computer, so you can look at it, and you can search through it for different criteria. And, And I put in the search, searching for books with the Lord's Prayer in parentheses in the title out of 9,000 books, written about a 53, 50-word 50 prayer. I wonder, I wonder how in-depth each of those books would go, perhaps more how complex they would look at each word and each phrase to derive what it truly perhaps means, and, and then how that should shape our prayer my hope is that we focus on the simplicity of the prayer this morning rather than focusing and attempting to make things more complex than they need to be god accepts your prayer if you have never heard a sermon on the lord's prayer god accepts your prayer if you've you've never read a book about the Lord's Prayer. God accepts your prayer if you don't have a degree in theology. God accepts your prayer if you're a kindergartner praying in three-word sentences. And I think the way we complicate prayer is we make it about ourselves. And I think that's what the first two examples are that Jesus gives us. Prayer's more difficult when you make it about yourself, when you want to stand on the street corner and you want others to hear how wonderful your spiritual life is. You want to gain a, a sense of pride by showing off to others. That's the, the first example that Jesus gives. Prayer also gets more complicated when we think we need to get God's attention, when we need to to pray for a certain length of time or use the specific words like it's a magic formula. If I say these four words in a row at this one time, then God will hear me. But Jesus speaks directly against that. The first verse we read today, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Notice that they pray in the specific places to get noticed, so other people see them. I think God still listens to those prayers. That last section says, that they have received their reward in full. But here you have someone that's announcing themselves, almost like trumpeteering what they are doing and how they're praying in front of other people. And Jesus says, that that's not the way to do it. He often speaks against this prideful nature that's within us, this, this wanting to be perhaps the center of attention. And, and even just a few verses earlier, if we went to the, the first part of chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, we would see that Jesus once again speaks against Pride, doing things for people to notice. In that case, it was doing things like giving to the needy, giving to others, but announcing it so you would receive glory for what you had done. Jesus speaks out against pride in our life, lifting up what we do, lifting up perhaps, showing off in our our prayer life in front of people. He speaks against people that love to be seen while they pray instead of just love to pray. They wanted to get glory for themselves. They wanted to to show off. They wanted to create an image that everyone else would see about the spiritual life that they had. Perhaps they thought it would make them look better and more elevated, like they're more spiritual if they did it on the street corner or in in front of the synagogue for all the passers-by to see. Jesus doesn't say that that's spiritual maturity. He says spiritual maturity would be going and praying where no one would be able to see you. Going into a room with a door and shutting the door. Now, I don't think this is necessarily completely speaking against praying in front, but in the manner that it's being done, in the prideful, selfish, self-glorifying manner. Because we have prayer in church often for specific purposes, and that's good. But we don't do it for our own glory. We don't, we don't show off. We want to use simple language. We want God's will to be, to be uh, proclaimed. But the other, the other one that Jesus speaks against is this babbling. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. They would, they would repeat phrases and things over and over and over and over again because they thought the amount of times that they would do it would equate to the possibility of God hearing what they are speaking. But that's not so with with our prayer life with God. Jesus says he already knows what you need before you even speak it. You don't need to to repeat that prayer request five times over and and say this combination of words and then God will, will, it's like this punching in this magical key code like you did on a video game, or maybe not, I guess like, like Alex and I did on a video game, maybe Peter and I, right? It's not punching in this magic key code with our words because God already, he knows them. He hears them, you speak it once, he hears it. I don't know if you're familiar with with repetition. You hear repetition at my house a lot. It's usually in this phrase: "Mom, mom, 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 mom." Like you need to get mom's attention. Just happened the other day, Emily and I were talking, I don't remember what we were talking about, but, but one of the kids came up and, and they said one phrase and we looked at them and said, yep, we're just talking a minute. And, and then we finished, we were finishing our conversation, but all the while we were finishing the conversation, the request was coming and coming and coming and coming. Maybe sometimes for my kids that repetition is needed because I am, am, am not a uh, God. I am, I am a human with, with failures and so on, and sometimes, yeah, I'm honestly maybe ignoring the request because I've heard it over and over and over and over, but that's not the mindset that God has. A loving and faithful God who desires to hear from his children, and when his children say that one thing just once, it's like he bends down upon his knee and lets you speak into his ear. He listens. We don't need to repeat. And Jesus gives us a simple 50-word prayer. After those speaking against those two ways, we could perhaps be selfish and, and want to focus on us. Father, your name's great. Make your, your kingdom present here on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us what we need to sustain our life your forgiveness, your love, your protection, simplicity. We like to sometimes say that, okay, this is the way that we need to formulate our prayers, then we need to, we need to balance them. We need to, we need to glorify God. We, we sometimes use the word acts to do that. Uh, we make it adoration. There's a, a confessional element. There's a, a thanksgiving element to God, and there's a, a supplication, and that's fine. If, if that benefits you in your prayer life, that's great. But if you don't have a prayer life to start with, my thought is don't even start with ACTS. Don't start with an acronym, just start with one sentence. I think each and every one of us perhaps have a a routine as we get up in the morning and it almost could shape or be like a prayer life that we have. You pop out of bed, and the first thing that comes across your mind is, man, I wish my kids would sleep more. Oh, wait, that's maybe not you. That's me. Why can't they stay in bed just ten more minutes? How come they have to be so loud? Now, we wouldn't normally say that those are prayers, but what if we used those just small sentences as ways that we would come to God? Instead of making it complex and saying we need to have all of these things incorporated in a prayer. And maybe you're past the one word prayer, and that's great. And you use Acts, and you have a, a time where you spend 30 minutes in prayer every day, and that's good. I encourage you to do that. But let's bring prayer into all of our life, not just those 30 minutes that we have alone in our room unbothered. Let's think about those one sentence prayers that we can have throughout the day. I don't have my phone on me, but maybe it's you getting a notification about some meeting that you have a little bit later in the day. And that instead of just being a a prompt of oh I got to get ready for this thing, I got to I got to do that before I get here or whatever, but maybe instead that becomes a prompt of Lord, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen that meeting, but I, I pray that you're present and give me words for whatever needs to be done. Maybe it's not even something you say out loud, but it's something that you, you say in your mind. And then you get another notification, a text from a friend. Maybe you take that as an opportunity to say a one-word prayer for them. God, I don't know what they need today, but I pray that you're present with them, that you strengthen them throughout their day. What are are ways that prayer cannot just be this thing that's segregated to a room or a time in the morning, but one that's simplistic throughout all the day, where anything that happens to you in your life is an opportunity for you to say, One-word prayers. A one-word prayer about the things you're concerned about. A one-word prayer, praying that people would learn to love one another more when you see news about violence. A a prayer that we we would learn to forgive each other more when we hear about resentment between people. Maybe it's a a simple prayer of praying someone's needs are met today. Or that, yeah, maybe you're thinking more etherically and you pray that God, that heaven would be present on earth, that we wouldn't experience the difficulty and the injustice that we experience doesn't have to be more than a sentence because your father already knows what you need before you even ask it. Maybe it's a prayer that our heart will be transformed by him. They don't have to come at all at once. They don't have to to come in the form of a a one-hour prayer time. A 60-minute prayer time, a 30-minute prayer time, maybe it's one minute of prayer 30 times throughout the day. Maybe it's just one minute of prayer because you've never incorporated it into your life. I think one of the, the difficulties that we have with prayer is sometimes we just don't know what to say. We experience situations in our life where we have no idea how to respond, not even sure what, what that we would even say to God. And, and even then, he gives us grace. Read these words with me from Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Scripture even says that we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Even when we, we don't know what to pray, and it might be a, a one-word prayer or two-word prayer, God Ah! Or, ah, The Spirit searches your heart, knowing the will of God and what's in there. What is in your heart and what you desire to happen, and then the Spirit intercedes accordingly. God gives us so much grace in this prayer life. He makes it so it's not about us. It's not about the words we use or that we appear to be a certain way. It's not about us trying to to get his attention or even saying the right words. He just wants us to come to him. Even if we don't have the words, he can use the Spirit to understand what we're thinking and what's going on in our mind. So what's the next step for our prayer life? It's not something I can tell you. The Catechism says this about prayer. Uh, I don't remember the question and answer. I don't have it in here. But to summarize it, Up, pray to God from the heart, humbly asking for the things that He has commanded us to ask for. Pray from the heart to God for what you stand in need of. Maybe you hear that and you say, maybe I'm going to start praying one-sentence prayer every day. Awesome. That's just a a step in formation that God has in our life, a a beginning point. It doesn't mean that we end with those one-sentence prayers every day because God will bring us on a journey where we will depend more and more and desire to speak to him and talk to him more and more. Maybe you already started small, and, and the next thing in your life is to, to set aside more concerted time for prayer. Maybe it's, to, maybe it's you realize that, that prayer is not just about the things that, that you need, and, and then you maybe decide that, yeah, I'm going to start praying using the Acts prayer method. I want to adore God first. I want to confess to God. I want to give him thanks for things. And, and then after I've done that, then, then I'm going to bring him the things that I stand in need of. It's a wonderful thing. But maybe you already do that. But maybe the next thing is to, to start a prayer journal. Whatever there is, it's a beginning point of simplicity. And then God will develop your prayer life as you go, as you rely more on him. The beauty about writing down your prayers, though, is then you can remember what you prayed for last week, last month, maybe even last year. And when you look back upon that, you begin to see how God has worked in your life. Those prayer requests that you wouldn't even remember if you didn't write them down And it becomes an opportunity to remember prayer's not about me. It's about God. It's about Him caring for His people, desiring to hear from them, and Him being active and involved in our life. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that we don't make prayer more complicated than it needs to be. pray that you strip away things that cause us not to come to you. I pray that we can humbly come before you and ask for the things that we need. Lord, I pray that your will will be done this week. That we will get glimpses of your kingdom here on this earth. That you provide for the needs whether it's sustenance, sustenance or or energy, strength or compassion. I pray that we continually learn to forgive just as you have forgiven each and every one of us. We pray that you'll keep us from temptation or provide a way through when we experience it. We pray ultimately for the day when you will deliver us from the evil one who seeks to alter our life away from you. By your spirit, give us that strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.